The first in the South primary is concluded. Donald Trump earns another victory, and he's the nominee. I think we can all move on and, and talk about something else for a while. Joe Biden tries to announce a uniting message at a dinner over the weekend, and he couldn't quite get that Abraham Lincoln quote together. The general is heating up, though. Joe Biden is heading to the border, and Hunter Biden believes he holds the key to saving our democracy. And there's a New York Times piece. I spent a week rescuing food from the trash. Here's what I ate. And I got to believe that sums up the 2024 election better than anything. It's the Palmetto Family Matters Show. Welcome in. It's the Monday edition of the program. Justin Hall, Mitch Prosser here with you on the fastest growing and strongest conservative talk show in the state of South Carolina. Palmetto Family Matters Show. It's Monday, February 26th, in the year of our Lord, 2024. Ding, ding, ding. Saturday was February 24th, 2024. A primary date, day. Which will live. I don't know. In I've, already for, I've already forgotten about it. What? Uh, it, for a lot of you that don't know, there was a presidential preference primary. <laughs> Republican. There? Preference for primary. What, really? You Easy sure? for you to say. By the way, there were on. three questions, all of them won yes. with yeses, uh, including question number two, which won 91 to 8. Interesting. Um, so 1% of people were like, meh. Well, the, the decimals create okay, a problem. Okay. So um, in the least shocking news ever, Donald Trump won the primary here in South Carolina. He won it by nearly, tw- well, actually, 20%. Um, if we round up, it was a 60-40 split. Someone who did not pay attention at all to what happened Saturday night asked me yesterday morning at church. He said, did you stay up and watch the returns come in? And I said, yeah, went to bed at 7.30. <laughs> I didn't have to stay up past 7.01. Yeah, was, I told was, everybody on a lot, like we we had breakfast and and mm-hmm. went to vote and uh, I said now I'm I understand that no matter who you vote for today and no I don't care if you vote for Donald Trump Nikki Haley you could have still voted for Vivek Chris Christie or Ron DeSantis by the way the Chris Assance has 657 votes uh, in the primary the point is I said if you can vote for whoever you want to just understand that it's 701. The Associated Press will call the race. (laughs) They'll let everybody vote, and then they'll call the race. Uh, Donald Trump picked up 451,905 votes, 60% of the electorate. By the way, in Joe Biden's presidential preference primary as as an incumbent, he won 96% of the vote here in South Carolina, and you're going to hear that number trotted about a lot. Well, Joe Biden won 96%. Donald Trump only won 60%. Yeah, that's true. Of their respective party. But Joe Biden party. won 96% of his respective party on a 4% voter turnout with like 120-something Just, thousand votes. Uh, right at 200,000. I'll go back and me. look. Yeah, go look at that because we were talking about it earlier in another meeting. Three to one. Republicans outvoted Democrats, and we know, and I'm not throwing shade here, um, we know that Nikki Haley pulled anywhere between 5 and 8% of Democrats into the Republican primary. Sure. If you give that percentage Joseph, back. Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. III got 126,493 Total votes? votes. Total votes. Uh, of uh, the 131,000. 131, so yeah. 4% voter turnout, uh, 132,000 So 746,000 
Republicans? 756,000, almost 757 for a voter turnout of 23.34%. I told you that it was a higher turnout than I thought. nearly 4 to 1. Yeah. Nearly 4 to 1 Republican. If you give uh, $750,000, if you give 10% back Mm -hmm. to the Democrats and say that the voter turnout in the Republican primary was 10% Democrat voters... That's seventy five thousand voters. It still wouldn't be two hundred. It would be right at two hundred thousand. Right. It, it, then you're talking three to one. Yeah. So, it was a trouncing. Now, there's a lot to be discussed. There it wasn't a contested Democratic primary. Um, it, for all intents and purposes, and the Trump effect has certainly played a factor. Well. I mean, every nearly every major state office holder supports Donald Trump, and there yes. are, there are, there is what one, uh, one that supports Nikki Haley. Two think, congressmen don't support Donald Trump. I think it yes, and one of those Democrat. I I think what's interesting here is the counties that Nikki Haley actually carried. She won Beaufort, Charleston, and Richland, and and the reason she won Beaufort is that it's a uh, it's a pro Nikki area, always has been. Charleston, the same. Charleston and Richland, Democratic turnout. Sure, Democratic turnout. Which is why I always think, which is why I hold to the view that there need to be closed primaries. That's just my personal opinion. That and, was a question on yeah, the ballot, and that question, by the way, was a seventy three twenty six split. And you could take ten per, those ten percent of the voters, that seventy five thousand, cut them away from that, and that's a lot, lot more of a margin. Yeah, it is. It would have been more in line with what we thought because the the margins twenty. Again, uh, Nikki Haley after Donald Trump spoke first, it was a very short speech, and he said, "Everybody go home," um, and everybody went home. Um, Nikki Haley spoke later down in Charleston. I'm amazed. I'm amazed that someone continues to churn out twenty point losses as if they're victories. She says she's on to Michigan. Well, there, there's a problem there because the, we've always said, and we've said it on this show. She's propped up. As long as the money is there, yep. there's no reason to stop. Campaigns only stop when the money stops. The Koch brothers were propping her up. Americans for Prosperity Action, uh, one of the most powerful conservative national grassroots organizations. They were supporting Nikki and Haley. And we've got great friends with AFP sure. Action, AFP and AFP Action. In an email to staff, uh, their CEO, Emily Seidel, said Sunday that the group's political arm, AFP Action, had to, quote, take stock of its spending priorities. The Coca Lion group, uh, Seidel, said, will now focus its efforts on competitive Senate and House races. She made it clear that she will continue to fight, and we wholeheartedly support her in this effort, but given the challenges in the primary states ahead, we don't believe any outside group can make a material difference to widen her path to victory. I mean, I she lost in her the, home state by 20. Yeah, I think they let their strategy play out a little too far. I think they could have made that determination after Iowa, possibly New Hampshire, certainly after Nevada. Uh, it, they, I won't say what's the right word here, Justin. They they spent a lot of money. They did. They spent a lot of money. Now I will, and again to all of this, I'm not going to argue much on the candidacy of Nikki Haley. I will say though that she got what forty percent. We, we round up to 40%, 39.52. She got 40% of the vote. Let's say 10% of that is Democrat voters. Is that fair? 10%? Sure. I, I, okay. I, yeah. That would still be 30%. Yeah. 
That's not a small number in a general election. I said 32. I was wrong. It was about 21-ish. If you if, if you take those, I'll be conservative and say 5%, it's still 26 points. Yeah, the margin is still 26. The, the, the margin's 26, but I'm talking about the, the, the percentage of Republican voters. Who have rejected her? Who've, no, who have rejected the, the other one. They voted for her in rejection of the guy oh, who's going to be the nominee. Okay, it's a foregone conclusion he's going to be the nominee. So, but they voted. They voted for her, or they voted for Ron DeSantis, or they voted for Vivek Ramaswamy, or they voted for Chris Christie or Ryan Binkley, and said we can't vote for him this time. Right. We'll vote for. I know now, people that now, did that. Now the question is: the question is, I won't vote for him this time. I'll hold my nose and do it in November, or it's I'm not voting for him. This time, because I'm not voting for him ever again. Ever, yeah. Fox and Friends did a poll on that, an exit poll on that yesterday morning. Uh, obviously, they performed it on Saturday. They reported it yesterday on Fox and Friends. Actually, one of our, uh, we had some uh, friends on the show throughout the last couple of days. The mm-hmm. governor did a really cool tour of the state house. Went over to the Russell House and bought a hat. Nice. Um, pretty cool. Um, but the question was because they had a, a young, two young USC and. A USC student who's a Trump supporter and somebody from the upstate who is a Haley supporter, and they posed the opposing question to both of them: If you, having voted for Trump, uh, if if Nikki Haley were the nominee, would you vote for her? And the answer was no. And, Which is okay. Go and, ahead. And and the op- opposite question was posed to the Haley supporter: If Trump were the nominee, would you vote for him? And that person's answer was, Trump drove me to be a Democrat in 2015. I chose to be a Democrat based on, which gets fits him into that 10%, right? 5 to 10%. Well, see, that's the, that's the thing, though. I would never vote for him. Okay, well, that's... Is okay. what this person said. But you're a Democrat. That's the, that's, see, that's the problem with Nikki Haley's candidacy. But I think that may end up being proved out with whoever the nominee is, and we saw that proven out in 2020. Well, I, again, there were large-scale ramifications to the 2020 election. I don't believe we see a repeat of that level of voter turnout unless we see something that opens up the voting mechanism. like 160 million Americans voted. 160 million Americans voted. We got about, what, 300 million? Uh, Three. 330. So over half of the population is supposedly of voting age, able to vote, and did vote. Anyway, as we move into 2024, and we're here, we're here. I mean, this this election is going to be awful. (laughs) It's going to be long. It's going to be drawn out. It has been. There are going to be no debates. It's not going to happen. The main point I have is whether you voted for her or you voted for Donald Trump, there's a serious question about what message Nikki Haley is sending, which is, okay, let's say her, of her 40%, let's split the difference. I said 10, you said 5. Let's say 8% of that was Democrat turnout. Mm-hmm. That's still 32% yep. of the Republican electorate in South Carolina did not vote for the guy who's overwhelmingly the most popular. My question is then, as we move through March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, as we move over these next 7 to 8 months, Will they come home to him? Will they vote third party? Because we'll get to that in a second. Or will they just stay home? So, do we have do we have exit numbers? Yeah, not that I have found. So, I'd be curious to see the demo on her numbers, the demo breakdown on her numbers. I would assume she is carrying 
um, Republican soccer moms. And I, and I, I don't use soccer mom derogatorily. I use it as simply a demographic for suburban females. I would assume she's carrying that demographic, which we said at the very beginning of this back vision 24 last year, Mm -hmm. that was going to be the key demographic to decide who was going to be the nominee. Now, so far that hasn't proven out, but I would, I would suggest that she is probably carrying that group. Come general time in November, yeah. what does that demographic do? What do suburban, female, semi-conservative women, uh, what do they do? There is a there is a legit... There's a concern. There's a concern. Everyone, if you're listening to this show, then I assume, and you know what happens when you assume, I assume you are conservative... You're Christian, and you want to see conservative values legislated and advanced from the state house and the White House, or I you're using as opposition research for sure. when Justin runs for Congress. Which you, which if you are, you're wasting your time. I do have some exit polling now from NBC News. The former South Carolina governor overwhelmingly won voters who identified as either moderate or liberal. Yeah, winning seventy four percent of those to Trump's twenty five percent of yeah. those. But those only made up one-fifth of the primary vote. She carried independents, who accounted for 22% of the electorate. She won them by 25 points, a smaller margin than Trump won with Republicans. Haley managed to win 82% of voters who believe President Biden legitimately won the 2020 election, but they only made up a third of the primary. Haley narrowly won uh, amongst college graduates. She won 54% of college graduates, uh, besting Trump by 9%. Uh, Haley's two main messages in the closing days, electability and respect for military, also did not appear to resonate. Just 17% of primary voters believe Trump is not likely to defeat Biden in November. Trump overwhelmingly won the 17% of voters who have served in the military. So, not only that, but uh, when did you finally decide for whom to vote for in the presidential primary in South Carolina? 90 point whatever percent, like almost 91% uh, said they had already made that decision for January. Sure, absolutely. And three and four of those uh, voters supported Trump. Just 7% of those who said they would vote, decided who they would vote for in January, said that they would vote for Nikki Haley. So the but that's cake was baked. Yeah, absolutely. Cake was baked. It's been baked. So here's the, here's the question for the Trump campaign. And President Trump, Mr. Trump, if you ever listen to our show, or if your people do, here's my suggestion. Now, this is just Mitch. I'm nobody from nowhere. Have forward-facing messaging. In other words, look to the future. Please do not continue to talk about 2020 election. You can use it as a launch pad to talk about election integrity and security. However, if that is a sticking point or a pin in the board... Every time you address the public, people will not only tire of it, it will turn certain people and demographics away. Please have a forward-facing message that focuses on our best and brightest days being ahead. The economy, if you got kids in the car, sorry, our economy sucks. It's terrible. Our security is 
meager at best based yeah. on Swiss cheese borders. Yeah. And we saw what happened in Athens, Georgia this past week. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Sad. Very sad. It's going to keep happening. Sure. And the hundreds, well, I'll be kind, the tens of thousands of 18 to 25-year-old illegal immigrants, those who have come across our border illegally, the 18 to 25 demographic who are male, fighting age men. where'd they go? Where'd they go? Seems to be college campuses. What's going to happen? Yeah. That's a concern. Mr. Trump, President Trump, please address those topics and what you as previous and future president are going to do to fix them. Yes, we need election integrity. Absolutely. We have that in South Carolina. Our confidence in this country must be restored because people are struggling with confidence. The problem is confidence in your leaders. Well, there are no leaders, Justin. We've said this. You and I have said this over and over again, that we are in a vacuum of leadership right now. Everybody craves experts, and that's not what we need. Well, we need wisdom. We need wisdom. need wisdom, not knowledge. You can surround yourself with people who know. You need to be able to aggregate that knowledge in a way that is wise to make the decisions to lead. Yeah, I agree. Uh, speaking of leading, and uh, we'll, we'll, this will be the last thing we talk about in terms of the primary. So Nikki Haley loses by 20. She's losing AFP Action's money. She said she's staying in the race, Mitch. Thursday. You say she's out on Thursday. Thursday. Okay. Uh, that'll be the 29th. It'll be a leap year decision. It'll be a leap year decision. And by the way, in case you're wondering, um, in other news, my car is yellow and pollen season is in full effect. Yep. That's why my voice is the way it is Fair today. It is. Uh, Joe Cunningham has made a reappearance. Oh, oh here the we vice go. governor. No labels. Joe Cunningham, national director for the political organization No Labels, said Sunday on Fox that Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley is, quote, mm. someone we'd definitely be mm. interested in. As a potential candidate, quote, we're looking for great quality people, folks that have broad appeal to independents, Democrats, Republicans. And yeah, I mean, Nikki Haley is someone we definitely be interested in, he said on Fox and Friends. Cunningham said he's optimistic that his group can secure ballot access in all 50 states and Washington, D.C. So far, the group has secured access in 16 states, even though it has not announced which candidates would lead the ticket. The truth is we're talking to a lot of spectacular people right now. We're not ready to unveil those folks just yet, i.e. they have no one. Um, They've got Kennedy. No, Kennedy's not no labels. He's just running independent. He's not running in the no labels party. Can you imagine if we have four? Okay, so that's what I was getting to. Nikki Haley's campaign, to their credit, uh, I, I do want to uh, say this. A spokesperson for the campaign pointed to earlier statements, quote, Nikki has no interest in no labels. She's perfectly happy with the Republican label. But I bet you that Lincoln Project money comes through. So, Ooh, did I say that out loud? said that out loud. So imagine a world... <sighs> Imagine a world where yeah, you have world. Donald Trump as the Republican candidate, Joe Biden, wink, as the Democratic candidate. So far left, far or let me go in order, far right, far left. Then in the middle, sneaking into the middle, you've got independent candidate Bobby Kennedy Jr., who, for whatever it's worth, will pull from both. Yes. Okay, he'll pull from both because and he'll pull he'll pull on the vaccine stuff from the right and he'll pull on the we need to moderate from the left. So and he's then center left. He's he's center left. He's still to everyone who says he's conservative, he's still a Kennedy. Then 
still a Kennedy. Then you have your fourth candidate. Center right. Could be Nikki Haley. And I'll throw a fifth. You still riding that Joe Manchin train, aren't you? Dead in the middle. Joe Manchin's not going to run for president. If the con- uh, <laughs> Joe Manchin's not going to run for president. I'll tell you this. That four, I'm, I'm thinking of golf, right? That foursome, it is um, not, your next president will not gain 50% of the vote. Can you imagine? Uh, well, and it, 50% is not the issue. It's the Electoral College. Sure. You need who, gets, who gets to 270 to win? Or 270, yeah. <laughs> 270. Thank you. 270. 270 to win. Who, who then get, decides? Congress. Congress, oh, which geez. has a razor thin oh, majority. Geez. And can you imagine someone like Marjorie Taylor Greene? Or Matt Gates. Matt Gates. Who's the who's the who's the darling of the Republican Party? Or Gee, Lauren Babert. They, they were chanting his name at Trump's victory party because he was with Trump here at the state fairgrounds. So was Byron Donalds. You believe that? Anyway, yes. And so I like Byron Donalds. Imagine a four that four candidate race, none of them get to two seventy, then Congress has to select whoever winner, with a one seat Republican majority. Who's alphabetically last in the Republican Party right now? We're closing that, in on Joe Wilson. Unbelievable who would be the one to <laughs> My decide. congressman. Yeah, he would be the one. Like, have you ever seen, uh, what's that movie with Kevin Costner, where the whole presidential election comes down to one vote? Oh. I think it's called Swing Vote. Oh, it might be Swing Vote. Can you I, was thinking, I thought you were going to talk about draft day, and you're going to have it on a sticky note. Uh, I mean, that, that could happen, too. So... All of that to say we have a long way to go. Joe Biden, meanwhile, is still alive. Um, he was speaking Ish. at a dinner. He was speaking at a dinner. He was speaking. B- black tie event. Here's oh. He is so with it, y'all. I know I know. we got to move and we gotta, we got to get going here, but he is so with it. A lot of people said that about the Biden presidency as well. He is, got to get going. He is move. so active and, and virile. Vip, vigor. Golly, Feral. he jogs for half a step, man. He has it. I, I'm not even going to use the quote he talked about with uh, uh, how he, uh, yeah. Um, mm. Here he is speaking at a dinner in front of a portrait of Abraham Lincoln. Is he pointing at the big guy at some point? Take, take, take a listen. And you know, uh, stand here in front of this portrait, the man behind me here. He, uh, he said, and I want to make sure I get the quote exactly right. He said, the better angels, he said, we must address the council and address the better angels of our nature. And we do, and we do well to remember what else he said. He said, we're not enemies, but we're friends. It's the middle of the, in the part of the civil war. He said, we're not enemies, but we're friends. We must not be enemies. Folks, and I've been around, I know I don't look it, I've been around a long while. <laughs> and uh, I mean this sincerely. We've gotten, politics has gotten too bitter. All right, so let, me just, start, let me just start with the jokes. Let me just start with the, with the funnies. He said, I know I don't look it, but I've been around a while. Yeah, you have. Abe beat you. What, what was... That was his first run for president. I wonder if, like, he was... Just miss me. <laughs> um, Nick me, though. Um... So, he tried to quote Abraham Lincoln. The something of our better angels. Or, this is from, you know, he's, trying, he's trying to quote from Lincoln's first inaugural. If we, remember, if we have a little history lesson, Abraham Lincoln wins as the Republican candidate because he was in first favor. First Republican president. Because he as a Republican was in favor of limiting slavery to the slave states. 
Of course, we had a, a serious issue with the Kansas-Nebraska Act, mm-hmm. uh, the Missouri Compromise. All of mm-hmm. these things are swirling about. You have a Democrat, a Whig, and a Republican split votes, and boom, he's able to slide into the presidency, not winning a single Southern state. Right. And then, after his election, before his inauguration, Good old South Good Carolina. Good old South Carolina says peace. We'll see. Which ya. we're not advocating for. I'm not advocating at all, but it's, it's one just of the biggest, history. It's one of the biggest claims to fame South Carolina has. So South Carolina's the from the Union. It's a serious problem. This is this is the this is what Joe Biden was trying to say. I am loath to close. We are not enemies, but friends. We must not be enemies. Though passion may have strained, it must not break our bonds of affection. The mystic cords of memory, stretching from every battlefield and patriot grave to every living heart and hearthstone all over this broad land, will yet swell the chorus of the Union, when again touched, as surely they will be, by the better angels of our nature. That's pretty much what he said. Eh, I mean, he's close. But Joe Biden says that politics has become too rancorous and it's become too bitter. Well, that's interesting because Joe Biden on, I'm trying to get, uh, a week ago, was at a private fundraiser in San Francisco. I'm going to read you what he said. I've been a senator since 1972. I got elected in 72. And the prospect of, here, here's what's going on. I've served with real racists. I served with Strom Thurmond. I served with all these guys that that have set terrible records on race. But guess what? These Republicans are worse. These guys are worse. They don't believe in basic democratic principles. So over the weekend, he says, politics got too rancorous. It's got And then a week ago, Republicans are worse than the segregationists. Yeah, or and Robert Byrd, Strom Thurmond, I got nothing on these guys. He's just calling them out, man. See, I feel... (laughs) It's a four-letter word. Uh, I feel that Joe Biden doesn't believe anything he says. Uh, He lies about everything. I mean, literally, he's a walking lie. Um, See, plagiarism charges from the 80s. But that sunk his first presidential campaign. But to the point, that you're calling for unification, and yet in a private fundraiser, you say that Republicans today are worse than segregationists. How how are the American people supposed to coalesce behind your leadership? And further to that point, Mitch, I would make the argument that this w- this repeated rhetoric will actually work in his favor come November. Because, as a recent survey showed uh, on Saturday, our politics and our campaign ads are much more negative than they are positive, and they will always remain negative, it seems. No candidate really talks about the good things they're going to do. They talk about the bad things the other person does. Muckraking. So, as we move closer to 2024 and November of 2024... We're gonna be ha- we're gonna be hearing a lot about racism and he's a Nazi and he's decrepit and all this other stuff. Well, I'm sure they'll play every January sixth clip they can find. Sure, I mean it would be in their benefit too, I suppose. It would coalesce the base. Meanwhile, as we head into the the general election, pressures building 
in the West Wing. And because that pressure is building in the West Wing, Joe Biden has announced he's going to visit the southern border. He's going to be traveling to Brownsville, Texas on the same day that Donald Trump has already scheduled a trip. I wonder if to the they border. Like walk, have you seen those AI pictures of them walking, cut it, like walking down that trail and cutting the turkey together? I wonder if they walk like. Mr. Trump will visit Eagle Pass, oh. while President Biden will visit I Brownsville. Argue Eagle Pass is far more uh, trafficked right now than Brownsville, and they're not very far apart. Um, Mr. Biden told donors last week in Los Altos Hills, California, "quote The border is in chaos. Oh yeah, they don't have the personnel." He said Republicans would not even give the government the money for the machines to detect the fentanyl that's coming in. Wait, wh- hold, hold on, <laughs> hold on, hold on. This is it's rich. Isn't I've it? said Orwellian a lot over the last two years of doing this show, almost three. The government won't do it. This is this is reimagining reality. This is not reality anymore. Imagine, if you will, that you held the purse strings to the government as the chief executive mr biden though is considering an executive order guess what the executive order says mitch if more than an average of five thousand migrants per day enter to cross unlawfully in the course of a week wait, 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 or eighty five hundred try to cross in a given day he's gonna I've try to pass this. that executive order i've heard this before it's almost like he coordinated it with mitch mcconnell <laughs> old sandwich mouth of the listen I, i'm serious oh well I, was, I probably can't say that for that this. was disrespectful. Can of I me. say this to the, from from this platform? Uh, uh, if I have to ask the question, I probably shouldn't. Yeah. At a White House meeting with governors on Friday during the National Governors Association conference, which I'm sure did did Henry attend that? Did yes. Governor McMaster yes. attend? Was there? Governor Good. McMaster was there. Good. Mr. Biden told the governors that lawyers had told him he could not use the kind of measures that Mr. Trump had. <laughs> But it was unclear specifically what authority he was referring to. Well, you know, you, I can't do what the last guy did. Um, well, what would what, that be, what, what sir? What would that be? Because uh, he was allowed to build the wall. You know, well, yeah, I'll tell you why he doesn't have the authority, and and I'll just he doesn't have the gumption straight. His party won't let him. Right, that's the main thing. Well, who under whom's whom's authority? Um, because the, the Biden administration's in a real pickle here. The border's bad. We see that. There's tangible, touchable evidence now of a murder committed by an illegal immigrant who should have been held in New York, who was already charged with a crime. That's number one. So you have an open border. You have, again, I will tell you, you have two wars going on with which we are intrinsically linked. We are we are in the midst of a war between Israel and Hamas, and we are waging war against Russia using Ukraine. Almost like someone lobbed a Molotov cocktail into a dumpster. And by the way, China can move on Taiwan whenever they darn well please. The- all of this is happening. You know what that's called, Mitch? You know what happens when there's war in three different theaters? You know what I call that? World, World war. war. Which I was told would happen under the Trump administration. But it's only because he's the reincarnation of, well, never Woodrow mind. Wilson. Uh, there's. <laughs> I was going with someone slightly different. But <laughs> Woodrow Wilson's worse. Woodrow Wilson was worse. Woodrow Wilson is the is by far the worst president in the history of the United States of America. All right, going back. No, that's Ben no, Shapiro's. Yeah, yeah, but both. Uh, but yes. mine, but and, mine, and, I, and, and, and true. We're we're correct. Um, like Obama barely makes my top five. Anyway, the point is, there's brewing scandal everywhere. There's brewing problems everywhere. The economy is in the tank. Nothing's getting better economically. Nothing's getting better in foreign diplomacy. But you know what? I know who can make it all better. Who? 
You said at the start of the show, he holds the keys. Oh, oh, that is right. To democracy. You were setting me up. I, I see that. I was trying. Sorry. He, he holds the keys to the... I love these Axios exclusives. Democracy President, in his hand. President Biden, I want to, off, off the bat here, I am not, and we are not, making light of someone's addiction and struggle with alcohol. We are not doing that. And if you or someone you know is struggling with alcohol or drug abuse or addiction, Get please help. seek help. Yeah. And yeah. we have we have yep. information on our website, palmettofamily.org, that gives you tools and services that you can use to get the help you need. Absolutely. President Biden, though, has privately expressed worry that Republicans' daily attacks and the criminal prosecution of his son Hunter are taking a toll on his family and could even lead to Hunter uh, going into a relapse, given the family's history of struggling with addiction. Hunter Biden knows this, and he told Axios in a rare interview that he sees his continued sobriety as crucial, not only to his own life, but also to ensuring Donald Trump doesn't return to the Oval Office. Oh, sanctimonious. Most importantly, he said, you have to believe that you're worth the work, or you're never able to get sober. But I often think of the profound consequences of failure here. Maybe it's the ultimate test for a recovering addict. I don't know. I have always been in awe of people who have stayed clean and sober through tragedies and obstacles. They are my heroes, my in- my inspiration. He added that in this case, quote, I have something much bigger than even myself at stake. We are in the middle of a fight for the future of our democracy. First, we don't, first, we don't have a democracy. It is a constitutional republic. Article voted on section four. Voted on democratically by the people. However, this is not one person, one vote. Popular election wins. We have a process in which that takes place. Nothing that Hunter Biden can do, or that I can do, or that Mitch can do, would save our democracy because there is no democracy to save. By the way, Donald Trump's presidency or candidacy doesn't pose an immediate threat to our constitutional order. It didn't before. It doesn't now. So the existential one would crisis. Argue, one would argue that a president standing at a podium and saying the Supreme Court told me I couldn't do it, and I did it anyway. That, to me, seems like a bigger problem. Oh, when they're ramrodding illegal orders just to prove the point? To, yeah. To, to forgive student loan debt and then send an email to people saying, look what I did, I forgave your debt. And notice that, the timing. I believe was that I believe October of that's 22? called a quid pro quo. He just did it again. He just did it again. Mm. So, yeah, speaking of quid pro quo, let's go back to that. Because I think ultimately if there's any great threat to, to this constitutional republic, it's someone's connections with foreign officials, governments, Businesses, yeah the the yeah. big the big guys hung out with some of them and and at the risk of sounding a little too much like Sean Hannity for just a moment, he was at Lizard's Thicket on Elmwood on Saturday. I will say that the Biden family, <laughs> I will not call them the Biden crime, crime syndicate, yeah, like our friend, our, our, our friend. buddy does. I didn't call them that. Yeah, sure, you meant it. Though. The Biden family. Has had some, um, is it misdoings? Uh, is that fair? I mean, I mean, misdoings or, I don't know. Improper relationships with 
the CCP, mm-hmm. Ukrainian oilmen, Russian oligarchs, ETC, etc., 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 and as far as we can tell, finances were exchanged mm-hmm. for what would you call it? Is it pay for play? I mean, it's it, basically it, it, it's it's almost as if he ripped the page out of the Clinton family playbook. On how to create a foundation, I mean, board memberships in order to garner support for your power. Yep. Because Bill and Hillary sold power for years. Mm-hmm. Of course, they gave money to all these countries and their pet projects. But argue they, they were probably funded islands, too. They were, well, um, Hmm. Whew, that's almost a derailer. That's a throwaway. Uh, yeah, it's almost as if President Biden's taking a page out of their playbook. Oh, yeah. it would Whether he was way. the president, vice president, whether he was just the big guy, the senator, you know. Uh, vice president. What are they? And all the myriad of nicknames that. <laughs> Robert, uh, Robin L. Peters. Yeah, that's, yeah. I, you know. As we as we wrap up the Monday edition of the program, obviously there's a lot going on uh, across the country. We didn't even get to um, the, uh, my my New York Times story that I wanted to get to. About digging about, food out of the trash, uh, garbage. There, there's I will just tell you, there's an app for that. Really, you can pick up an app, and it's not necessarily digging it out of the trash as much as it is just leftover food at the end of the day that this that the restaurant would dispose oh. of. Um, all in the name of climate. When I was in college, we ate all the donuts that Dunkin' Donuts. We met them at the trash every night and said, "Hey, we'll throw we'll throw those away for, yeah. for you." Yeah, makes sense. Wendy's, same thing. Same thing. You do what you got to do. It's all the time we have today. Again, a lot today from the primary and Joe Biden and gosh, I feel like I've quoted Abraham Lincoln like three straight shows. But the general election is heating up. Obviously, it is February. Uh, in 2024, that election is not until November. It's a long time. It's a coming. long way away, folks, and we'll be with you every step of the way. If you want more information about Palmetto Family, you can do it. PalmettoFamily.org is where you can go to sign up for our email newsletters. You can listen to every single one of these shows that is produced throughout the weeks. Uh, we are glad that you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your get your podcast. Give us a five star rating and review. This week, we'll be monitoring. Uh, help not harm legislation, along with the "quote unquote" Compassionate Care Act, uh, talking about S four twenty three. Well, uh, we're in the works to be joined by Senator Greg Hembry of Horry County later on this week. So, looking forward to that, and hope you'll tune in for that, along with a few other special guests lined up over the next couple of weeks. For Mitch Prosser, I'm Justin Hall. Thank you so much for listening to the fastest growing and strongest conservative talk show in the state of South Carolina, the Palmetto Family Matters Show. 